it's hard to um, to actually fathom what happened on Good Friday. I was just thinking, like, uh, like even if I, I like, for example, I, me and Marshall went somewhere this past week, and I got really, really cold and like miserable and suffering. I'm like, I can't even imagine. Like, and I'm like, I just want to quit. I just want to go home. But I just can't imagine, like, on that day where Jesus suffered so much, he said that he could call down legions of angels and make it all stop, and he didn't. That's just so crazy to me. Um, so I have a couple just really, really short uh, message tonight, and then we're going to go around. As you see, there's, like, all sorts of stuff uh, set up around the room. Um, it's just all about stepping into that experience, um, I think that obviously Good Friday becomes a very somber, um, somber day, a somber ser- uh, service um, because of what we're reflecting on. Um, but the thing is, and it was like on the on that day, like you know, we have to step into the the the, the shoes of the disciples and realize that they had been walking with this man Jesus for three years. This was the Messiah. This was the one that was going to liberate Israel, that was going to restore Israel. And here he is, taken, taken into custody, mocked, beaten, put on a cross to die. I think for them, that day, not only was it a somber day, but it, they were just thrown into absolute despair and disappointment, disbelief, defeat. I would imagine that their worlds fell apart that day, that everything that they hoped for was just shattered. The Messiah had died. But here we are, we live on the other side of the cross, right? We know what happened. We know that Jesus was victorious, that three days later he rose again. So we can't really walk around somber anymore. Like, I don't know about you, like, we, we, know, we know where we stand. We're on the other side of the cross. So I want to invite you not to, to come in a place of, of sadness, of, um, of feeling like you need to make, like, almost make yourself suffer, right? That's not our place. Jesus did that for us. So we can't really come in that way, but what the, the, the attitude of our hearts can come in, in an attitude of absolute awe of what Jesus accomplished, right? Jesus did everything. When he said it's finished, it's finished. See, the, <laughs> Jesus was the plan from the very beginning, right? We know that. It says Jesus was crucified at the foundations of the earth. And he was incarnated as a man. See, it says that Jesus, um, that, that there was Adam, but Jesus was the second Adam, right? Because the first Adam, through the first Adam brought death. But through the second Adam, Jesus, he brings life. He brings forgiveness. I don't know if uh, many of you, have you been kind of going through our series with us on the covenants? Anybody in this room? Um, last week, we talked about, um, talked about these types and shadows in the Old Testament of Jesus. You know, we talked about how um, all throughout Scripture, Jesus is all over the place, right? Um, first in Abraham and Isaac, we see a picture of a father who's willing to sacrifice his son, right? So Jesus fulfills this type and shadow of Abraham and Isaac. 
And then we see in the story of Moses, when Moses is bringing the people out of Egypt, the plagues come. And, and the last plague is that, that every firstborn son of the Egyptians was going to be killed. But God gives them, um, gives them this way out, and it's actually to take a lamb, to kill the lamb, to spread the, the blood on the posts of their doors and have this meal inside, and that the angel of death would pass over. This is another picture of Jesus. And then the third picture is this. We've been talking about the Mosaic Covenant and actually how God is such a forgiving God that when he's requiring this sacrifice, it's not a, a bloodlust, but it's actually by faith. They would bring this lamb of atonement and they would by faith come to God. They would, they would kill the lamb and they would sprinkle the blood on the, on the Ark of the Covenant and it would actually be like a covenant meal, sitting down with God by faith, receiving forgiveness. This is Jesus. Jesus fulfilled all of those. He was the spotless lamb of God who took on our sin and our shame. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He became the perfect sacrifice forever. Because of him, because of the exchange that happened on the cross, you and I can walk through this life and say we're righteous. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. That exchange has happened. <laughs> Jesus took on your sin and gave you his righteousness. That happened on the cross. I think tonight we're going to do a lot of reflecting about what Jesus endured. He was mocked. He was beaten. I mean, it says that he was beaten so bad that it was beyond recognition. We couldn't even tell who he was. That's how bad it was. And again, keep in mind, he could have stopped at any time, but he didn't. Any time. It was the plan. This, it was no mistake, see, because I think sometimes, you know, we could talk about who killed Jesus, <laughs> you know, like, who do, who do we have to blame, you know, who, who killed Jesus, who can we blame, but the thing is, Jesus says this, according, about his life, he says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So in this really short message, I just want to, actually, what, what came to mind for me, the question I began to ask is, what actually drove Jesus? Like, what, what was it that actually fueled him, pushed him, drove him to endure what he endured? Not only the beating, not only the physical, the physical hardship, but the mocking. For someone who didn't deserve it, he couldn't even say like, well, I deserve this. No, he was the only one in all of history who didn't deserve it. What drove him? The answer is in Hebrews, and this is absolutely incredible. In Hebrews 12, I'm, I'm going to read it, um, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, kind of in context. But Paul says this, 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So what was it? What was it that drove Jesus? What was it that actually like had him follow through? It was the joy. It was the joy set before him. See, and when we go back, when we look at Isaac and Abraham, it says that Abraham, he actually took his son Isaac by faith to the altar, knowing that he was going to sacrifice his son, which we know that, that God stopped him, but he brought him with the faith that God would resurrect him. He says that he actually believed that God could resurrect his son Isaac, and Jesus knew that was him right? Knowing that he was going to the cross, knowing the joy set before him that he would be resurrected from the grave, right? And what is a joy set before him that he would reconcile the world to the Father? And that not only that, he would, he would, bring, he would bring up sons and daughters, right? Not that we're just saved, that we're just, you know, rescued from our sin, which yes, that's true, but that he would actually raise up sons and daughters that would actually partake in the divine nature with him that would actually look like him, right? He's the second Adam. He is the model. See, when we, when, we, when we receive Christ, like we talked about, it's not that Jesus died in our place. No, we died with him. When, when, when we receive Christ, we are dead. Spiritually, we die, we become new. This is, what, this is the, the spiritual reality that we become sons and daughters, we become, the, 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 after the, the second Adam, we become this new model of new creation. Thank God. Jesus didn't only, didn't only forgive us of our sin, but he actually empowered us to live in a new creation and live righteously. It's no longer, I have to strive and try, it's all by him. There would be no more obscuration of the face and the character of God. I, lo I love why Paul says this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And what does he say next? He says this. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If Jesus is our model, who's struggling in here? It's okay to raise your hand. I think we're all struggling in some way or another. Paul says this, consider him who endured these things, who endured the cross, who endured the shame, who endured the scorning, who endured all this stuff. Consider him when you're walking through trouble, right? So why? Why? so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I think some of you need to hear that tonight. I know I need to, I'm preaching to myself too. Don't grow weary, don't lose heart. And how do we do that? We consider all this. We consider all this that he went through. All this that he didn't have to go through. Why? Because of the joy set before him, which was you and I, 
which was God reconciling the world to himself and raising sons and daughters. So we're going to go into this time. Um, we have 12 stations around the room. Uh, you do not have to do them in any particular order. Um, you just show up at one, and there's a, a sheet that goes with each one. Um, yeah, like I said, you don't, you don't have to go in order. Uh, they're they're kind of standalone things. So I'm just going to pray as we go into this because um, this could be as powerful as we want it to be, right? Jesus, we thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for what you endured on the cross. Holy Spirit, would you, I would just feel you inviting us into this time with you. God, would you help us feel the weight of what, what happened on that day? The weight of what you willingly went through. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what nobody could do. Amen.